Well, we want to thank uh, Wayland State Bank, Henshaw Trailer Sales, McDonald's Boneyard, R&B Breaks Facebook page, B&B Propane, Elsie's Kitchen, and Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa for presenting this uh, uh, episode, which is a Nathan Piercy report. Nathan Piercy of KMCD, who covers four teams, the Fairfield Trojans, the Van Buren Warriors, Pekin Panthers, and Cardinal Commons. Welcome to the program, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, first and foremost, because I can't wait any longer to talk to you about this, uh, the Round Guy Radio Game of the Week tonight is in uh, Van Buren as the Minneapolis Bulldogs come on uh, and take on the high-flying Van Buren uh, Warriors. Uh, let us listeners know what time this game is, and uh, uh, tell me a little bit about this matchup. I don't know you don't know as much about Minneapolis, but you probably know a lot about Van Buren. Yeah, these two teams look like they're going to face off at 5.30 tonight at the Mildred and Eddie Ferguson Sports Complex down there in Kiyosakwa. Just a reminder, if you're going, it's not at the, at the high school. I made that mistake when I went down there. But this Van Buren County team has been rolling pretty much all year. Uh, they've got two total losses on their record, one was at the very beginning of the season against Fort Madison. It might have been like their second game of the year. And the other one was a bit of a shocker as they lost to Central Lee last week. But but otherwise, Van Buren has been absolutely rolling. On Monday of this week, they just absolutely rolled past Lone Tree. And that was led by just an incredible athlete and an amazing baseball player in Jackson Manning. He went... I believe four for four with a home run and six RBI, if I'm not mistaken. And he has just been clobbering the baseball here. Yeah, four for four, home run, six RBIs. Uh, in case you're wondering maybe where that stands, he has 43 RBI on the year, and that is the most out of any baseball player in the state of Iowa, not just in 2A, not just in the conference, in the entire state out of all classes. He's got 43 RBI. Two home runs, three triples, ten doubles, sixteen walks. Has only struck out six times, and he's have he has a five forty one batting average. In fact, two Warriors players has a batting average over five hundred. The other is Gavin Titus. Now he hasn't hit very much, but you still have Taylor Sprouse, who's an everyday starter, batting four forty. You've got Lucas Fett, everyday starter, batting four oh six. Another two guys above three hundred, and then T.J. Urock is sitting just below. 300 with a 286 so this team can absolutely smack the ball they're batting as a team 326 and have scored a lot of runs as they put up 156 rbis on the season so their offense is rolling and their pitching hasn't been terrible either they have a 3.03 era as a staff and uh their main starter is is taylor sprouse he's done well he's a two and one a bunch of pitchers uh, fits really well. Dylan Richardson, another one. He's got a 5-0 and record. And Jackson Manning, you know, we talked about him. He has pitched in eight total games, only one of the Witzer starts. So he oftentimes comes in a, in a relief role and is yet to give up an earned run. He's given up four runs that are unearned, but it's walked six, struck out 26, and opponents hitting just 097 against him. Well, the kid does it all. He's pretty fair on the yeah. basketball court, too, but if possible, he might even be a better baseball player, huh? Yeah, I think so. That's, that's incredible. Well, uh, what about the pitching overall? Uh, uh, what have they got down there? The starters? Yeah. 
Yeah, so, you know, like I mentioned, a couple of guys there. Taylor Sprouse as uh, one of their starters. He's 2-1 and one on the year with a 2.66 ERA. Uh, one of the other main starters, uh, Dylan Richardson, he's 5-0 and oh on the year with a 2.66. Dominic Mayerodi with a 4.42 ERA, but opponents hitting 185 against him. As a whole, this Van Buren County pitching staff, opponents are hitting just 152 against them. And like I mentioned with that 3.03 ERA and the whip, which is, for those of you who may not know, walks and hits per innings pitched is at a 1.3. And you want that to sit at one or maybe below because that, that tells you how many base runners they're allowing each inning and and with a small number like that it's showing that it's not just the offense powering them it's their pitching as well and on the defensive side of things they have a 948 fielding percentage so they aren't making a ton of errors they only have 27 on the season and overall this team is, is playing really well in all cylinders and i think it has it's got to have a lot to do with that coach they have over there in Chad Scott, who earlier this season hit that uh, 300 win mark. Well, we're going to be talking to him and seeing that Tulane eyes on them, as well as the Minneapolis Bulldogs, who was a, a big draw on Round Guy Radio. They, they actually think they're our number one market. We haven't been able to get you to a game, so I thought they were this close. I might as well get down there and see one. It looks like I'm going to see a great game. Uh, well, uh, what about the Trojans? Yeah, Fairfield has been kind of riding an up-and-down year. They have gotten some great pitching at times, and at other times it's just been a struggle. You know, one of the things that their head coach in uh, Coach Josh Allison has told me quite often is that it tends to be just that one inning where they have the one inning where they can't stop the bleeding, they can't you know, put a bandage on it and make it stop. It's usually what comes back to bite them. And uh, on Monday this week, they had the doubleheader at Mount Pleasant. Another stellar pitching performance from Tate Allen with another complete game shutout. They got the win 13 to nothing. They put up eight runs in the third, five more in the seventh. And like I mentioned, Tate Allen with a complete game shutout. I believe only four hits. 10 strikeouts. And I don't think he walked anybody in that one. And then in the second game, it was much more of a battle. It was back and forth. Fairfield ended up tying it at six in the fourth inning, and it stayed that way until the seventh, where the Trojans sent out Dane Burkhart trying to get the complete game again, and uh, who's really been pitching well. You know, I got to give credit to uh, yeah, Dane he's, Burkhart. He's been the round guy player of the game twice. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, he's a freshman who is sitting there in the middle of this Trojans lineup and hitting fairly well on the season. When he's not on the mound, which as a freshman, he's already taken over that that second, that number two starter position where you don't see freshmen in that role very often. And he's played it fairly well. And again, he's just a freshman. And last night, he just couldn't quite get it done. He, he had kind of went up there in pitches and just with he got an out in the seventh and then Mount Pleasant was able to just kind of work their way around. And eventually a run came around to score. Well, so they split, boy, there's a lot of splitting going on. Uh, yeah. what's, what's up with that? It's all bunched up. I mean, I know, uh, Burlington's at the top and everybody else is in the middle. It seems like. Yeah, it, 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 that's exactly right. You know, when you look at this conference as a whole, 
<clears throat> excuse me, uh, like you mentioned, Burlington at the top, they're 10 and one in conference, but not as good of a record overall as they're 13 and 11 overall. Mount Pleasant just barely on top at six and five in conference. Fairfield right behind them, five and six. But you got to remember those two teams are playing each other again on Thursday. So Fairfield wins that one and they'll be tied there at second. And then Fort Madison, Keokuk, and Washington all standing at four and seven in the conference. Uh, so this conference, it's Burlington and then everybody else, it seems. Uh, but it also makes for really good baseball and really tight, contested baseball. So you're saying uh, the difference between second place and last place is between six wins and four wins. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a two-game shift. So exactly. there's no, nobody's out of this. and Anybody can get second place here. Uh, all I got to do is put it on. But it just seems like every single time Fort Madison gets a little momentum, Mount Pleasant gets a little momentum, Fairfield, Washington gets a little momentum, they split. You know what I mean? They win the one yeah. game, then they lose the next. It just seems like these guys just beat up on each other. Absolutely, and that's that's exactly what you're seeing, and, and it makes for fun baseball. You know, like I mentioned, Burlington in conference record is 10-1, and one, but those games haven't necessarily been, been easy wins. Bearfield played them tough, you know, and, and they made a – you know, this past week, been able to coast past Fort Madison so far, far but Fort Madison, again, sitting at the bottom of the, of the conference there. So, well, Burlington is, is, is standing strong at the top of this, at the co- top of the conference. It hasn't been easy. I mean, you look at one of those other bottom teams in Keokuk, Burlington beat them 73, 3-1, 7-5. Against Fairfield, it was 7-5 twice, along with a 13-3 win. Mount Pleasant was 12-3, and 4-3, and 7-9. And Actually, Mount Pleasant beat them. That was their one conference loss. So, while Burlington, it, like I mentioned, is standing at the top of the conference, it's not like they're blowing everybody out. They're getting a blowout win here and there, which you expect to see in high school baseball. But they're still battling close, and it's a very close, you know, a couple – hits go the other way or it's a game of inches where think little things happen a little differently burlington instead of being on top of the conference could be at the very bottom well the good thing about it is no matter where you sit whether it's in fairfield mount pleasant washington fort madison keokuk everybody's got a shot you know what i mean everybody right. can win that game there isn't no games out there where the other guys just put their uniform on and win the game it's uh it's all a battle and i've seen a lot of great great games over there well uh well, uh, uh, Pekin, I seen has been kind of struggling as of late, and and uh, Cardinal seems to be on a a ten an zero and ten spin there. Yeah, you know, both of those teams. We'll start with Pekin. Since you mentioned them first, uh, they did beat uh, Lone Tree uh, last week on Friday, twelve to four. But before that, they had a four game lose streak. They won two before that, lost four, won one, lost three, won one. So they're kind of. Losing and then running into a win every once in a while. Uh, they've been struggling a little bit. Had a couple bright spots. Ben Arrett is one of those guys who has been a bright spot on this team as I'm trying to get the stats pull up and it's being slow. There it is. Uh, but he's batting 254 on the year. Hudson Van Englenhoven leading the way with a 340 average along with Jaden Wolver. Uh, Declan Hampton hitting well as well with a 361. So they've got a few guys that are hitting really well. They just haven't been able to really 
do much with it. And the pitching has been the biggest problem for them as they have a team ERA at a 7.63. Eric is the lowest in that with a 5.68 among starters. But overall, the the biggest issue right now for this Beacon Panthers team is their pitching, who, like I mentioned, has a 7.63 ERA. Well, I've seen that Eric walk off Lone Tree with a big home run win uh, uh, to walk the game off. Uh, and it was a blast. So he's got a lot of power. He's definitely having a good season. Wolver's having a good season. Uh, they got some kind of hitting over there. But like you say, just ain't quite put it together this year. Right, and and it's kind of a similar story with the Cardinal Comets. One thing, one interesting thing about them, they're playing in that uh, South Central Conference, so they're seeing some new faces, some teams they haven't seen before, and a very tough conference over there. And they're kind of in a similar boat as a team. They're hitting two forty seven, so not not getting as good of hitting, but still some guys that are hitting well. Carson Kinney at a three ninety seven. Jacob Figueroa batting 500 on the year, Gavin Ware at a 380. So they've got some guys that are really hitting the cover off the ball, but again, it's pitching as they have a team ERA of 5.03. So when you look at this team and the Cardinal Comets and where their struggles is, they're riding, like like I said, a 10-game losing streak. Uh, it's pitching again, and it's giving up a lot of runs in bulk and not being able to shut things down. And, you know, talking a little bit with, with their head coach, uh, Ryan Renfrew, they've run into some injuries. He didn't elaborate and tell me exactly who was on the shelf, but uh, they've definitely dealt with some injuries throughout the season, and that's really hindered them. Well, uh, you uh, tend to talk to Lee Munz. Uh, does he have any statements about his time down there in St. Louis watching Keaton win, and you have a Keaton win update? Uh, he didn't, he hasn't told me anything about it, but Keaton Wynn actually did get recalled again. So after that game in St. Louis, he was sent down. Uh, you, that's, it's was pretty expected given the fact that he had pitched four innings. He wasn't going to be available for a few days and they needed some extra guys in the bullpen. But Keaton Wynn did get another game as he came back and he pitched, uh, against San, or, uh, San Diego. That's who he pitched against. He went five innings, only gave up one run. It was a home run to Juan Soto, who he later then got to strike out. So it's not like he's doing bad. Overall, in two appearances for San Francisco so far, the former Pekin Panther has thrown nine innings total, has a 2.0 ERA, a save, six strikeouts, and that whip, which is walks and hits for innings pitch, sitting at just a 0.78. So I'd say he's made a good, a pretty good start to his Major League Baseball career. You know, like I mentioned, St. Louis, his four innings got the save, got a hit, gave up one run, three walks and two strikeouts, maybe a little bit of nerves going into that one. But now that he's he's done it before against San, San Diego, went five innings, got gave up three hits, a run, no walks, and struck out four. And like I mentioned, that one run was a home run to Juan Soto, not just not just some no name guy. It's it, that's Juan Soto. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a, there's a big club of guys that give homers to him. Uh, so wow, I didn't even know he got called back up. So he was sent down. He got called back up. Was that a start or a relief appearance? It was a relief appearance, but uh, again, going five innings, so they needed him to. So he comes uh, in there and helps uh, uh, kind of uh, quell the, the bullpen down, uh, gives uh, some of the rest, some rest to the rest of the bullpen. That's a valuable man right there that come in four and five innings in the bullpen. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, like I mentioned, that game was last night. So, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another option sent back down. So again, it's the numbers game and the fact that he's not going to be available for probably two, three, four days. Yeah. And so, pressure arm out of there. So, again, if you're trying to, if you're paying attention to it, don't be surprised if he gets sent down again. It's nothing wrong with him. He's but has up- he officially been sent down yet? Huh? Has it been official sent him sent down or is he still with the team? No. Uh, I, I'm looking at the latest transactions. The latest one was on the 18th, which was Sunday, where they brought him back up. So as of right now, he's still with the San Francisco Giants team. And um, again, I wouldn't be surprised to send him back down. But if he stays up, that'd be another great thing for him. Well, uh, he's proven some worth and some value. Uh, you couldn't have really much got in in anything expected to be any better than what he's done. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's making the coach's uh, uh, decision to send him down a little tougher than it was. Absolutely. And, and looking at some of his advanced stats, one thing that's really impressive, we look at the total pitches per inning that he's pitched. He's averaging uh, just under 13 pitches per inning, which anybody that knows the game of baseball is a very effective pitching and, and, and the fact that he's not throwing a ton of pitches when he goes out there. He's he's getting guys out 12, 13 pitches and facing just over – or he's throwing just over three pitches per plate appearance. So he's getting guys out and getting them out quickly. And 63% of his pitches have been for strikes, so he's also pounding the strike zone. Well, you've got a big game tonight, don't you, up in mid-prairie? Yes, I do. The uh, Fairfield Trojans – First off, with a very packed full schedule, I talked to uh, Coach Allison about it. He felt that his team is on the younger side, and there's no better teacher than experience. And so, another full weekend as the as the Trojans play five games in five days with a doubleheader on Monday, and they're off tomorrow. But uh, again, they go to Mid Prairie. They get a very tough Mid Prairie team who is ranked currently second in the state in Class 2A. So that'll be a tough one tonight for Fairfield, and it'll be interesting to see what happens while Mid Prairie is a smaller school. Again, they're a very good one and ranked second in Class 2A by the Iowa High School Baseball Coaches Association. Well, uh, whether it, if it's a hot night, you'll be sitting in the air-conditioned press box up there in what you're going to find is an, an unbelievable uh, improvement at Mid Prairie. Uh, it's the place to watch a game. It's going to be a treat tonight. Uh, give us a little preview, though, of, uh, of the Fairfield uh, uh, Mid Prairie matchup tonight. Yeah, so, uh, of course, Fairfield probably won't be throwing any of their top starters with it being a non conference game. I expect possibly. Uh, a a guy like Isaac Harris to probably get that start today, maybe maybe Aiden Cruder, but uh, we'll see who they go with on the mound. Overall, Fairfield struggling at times at the plate. They just can't find consistency as they come in batting two thirty eight as a team compared to Mid Prairie, who is a batting a team batting average of two eighty seven. So a couple. Uh, big boppers for him as Mid Prairie's Alex Bean is batting 368 on the year. Uh, they've also got a, a Carson Grout who will be the main guy to watch. He's batting 417, has 10 walks, 10 strikeouts, leads the team in RBI, tied to the team lead with uh, Bean for 21, has two home runs on the year. Those are the only home runs for for Mid Prairie. He's also got three triples, nine doubles, and so he's definitely a guy to watch out for. As, again, he comes in batting 494, or excuse me, 417. I was looking at the on-base percentage. Meanwhile, Fairfield, 
They've had their their who was their main guy Tate Allen. He's been in a slump lately. His average has dipped down to two seventy nine on the year. And uh, leading the way now for him is uh, Talon Bates, who has a two ninety average. He has a lone home run and lone triple for Fairfield, but three different guys leading the way with 15 RBI. And uh, this team's trying to find consistently consistency, I should say, at the plate. But the good news is, is that when one guy starts to kind of go down, they start to have somebody pick it up. Lately, you've seen Voss Richardson have a little bit more action. He's just an eighth grader. He's betting 238 on the air. And, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit about him earlier, but – uh, that that third base and that kid Dane Burkhart, he comes in batting 272 on the year, and he's been very impressive. He'll probably get the start at third base, and again, he's been very impressive to me this year in the, in the way he's able to have such plate discipline. Yes, he only has nine walks in the season, but watching him taking that bat and the mental side of things is very impressive as just a freshman this year. Well, I heard a report that uh, the playoff brackets are going to be coming out. Is that for girls softball or boys uh, baseball? I haven't had a chance to ask Coach Allison. I'm going to ask him about that tonight. I did get a chance to talk with the Fairfield uh, softball coach, Bob Bradfield, and he said that they were told for softball that that should be out by the end of the week. That's what they were talking about. I would, I would expect then if, if softball is getting theirs by the end of this week, baseball should have theirs in the early to middle part of next week because those two playoffs aren't that far off from each other. So softball should have the bracket out by the end of this week. I would say baseball should, should have it out by the end of next week because the season's getting down to the end and we're getting ready to play some, some playoff baseball, which is my favorite kind of baseball. No, I get it. Uh, Sometimes in the, the, the sports make out the, the schedule before the, like the last week or two of the season. Like, well, what about those games? You know, I mean, don't you, you want to see those games to make your decision, but uh, they got to get it out so we can get it done. Cause I know uh, as July ends or as June ends, the playoffs start. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, in a way I agree with you, but I, in the terms of that, that, It'd be nice to see how exactly things play out and, and maybe that some changes in the bracket. However, I also understand they need to get the brackets out there so schools can plan travel. They can get uh, certain uh, you know accommodations ready to go for these teams. And coaches can start doing a little bit of scouting as well. So I get it from the both sides of things. As a fan, I'd like to see it wait and see it fully play out. But at the same time, I get having to coordinate travel. And uh, these schools, since they're off, maybe – Needing some extra time to get things every everything in place to be ready to play a playoff game. Well, you turn that lemon into lemonades, pretty good. <laughs> well, we have been talking to what I'm calling the Piercy Report as uh, <laughs> he pierces through the the Southeast Iowa games and talks about his teams and and way beyond that. Uh, you've been bringing a lot of exciting action. It's been a great baseball season. I'm I'm saddened every day that goes by because it's another day towards the end of the season. Yeah, I am too, and this season has gone by very quickly, it seems. All right, well, I've got a hot game tonight. Nathan has a hot game tonight. I think Andy Kretzinger will be out there with you. Is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, I think we pretty much hit all of it. You know, um, 
whether it's it's baseball, softball, it seems like pretty much every night you're getting some sort of great game going, and uh, it's, it's just really exci- an exciting time. And when you see all this talent on display every single night across Southeast Iowa, it makes you really think about the potential that some of these kids have and the possibility of, of what's out there for maybe some of these younger kids who are getting to learn now and, and getting even better. It's just all in all an, an exciting time right now. Well, I've seen 16 teams, and that number's going to 18 uh, <laughs> by the end of the day today. So, uh, And I always see a great game. It, is, it doesn't really matter who's playing or where I'm going. I mean, I saw Caden Clarahan th- strike out 15 batters last night. It was uh, incredible. I mean, uh, for Sigourney over Kyoto. I mean, it's just everywhere I go, every time I go there, something great, even with the Trojans and their – and their sacrifice walk-off win that I got to see. Uh, it's just always always something, and I'm sure tonight will be no exception. Thanks for being with us, Nathan. Hey, thanks.